Our scripture comes from Genesis chapter 50, page 85 in the Bench Bibles, where we'll read the verses 15 through 21. Genesis 50, beginning at verse 15, these words. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. And then our text, verses 19, 20, and 21. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. These the very words of God and in connection with this scripture, the teaching of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 10, which is on page 17 in the backs of the Psalter hymnals, if you wish to follow the reading. Lord's Day 10, question 27. What do you understand by the providence of God? Answer, providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which he upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but from his fatherly hand. In question 28, how does this knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? Answer, we can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future can, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing will separate us from his love. All creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they can neither move nor be moved. This is the teaching of the Catechism. Our subject this morning is God's providence, as you might well conclude from the scripture we read and the Catechism's teaching. The sermon calls on us to affirm, and for most of us it will be affirm anew our faith or trust in the God of all providence, because the God of all providence 
provides for us too. The way we're going to proceed is this. Let's start with our day-by-day lives. That's going to be first and easy. And then we'll notice that sometimes in our lives we move backwards. Things go wrong. And we'll probably emphasize backwards today. And then we'll notice that when things go backwards, we are to look upwards to God, the God of all providence, the God who will, because he's the God who provides, move us forward, and then even further forward. That's the process we're going to follow. So let's start with us in our everyday lives. We go along. Many or most of you, maybe all of you, are Christians. Praise God for that. You affirm the doctrine of God's providence. Well, so did Lena Sandelberg, the author of that hymn we just sung day by day. But one day, her and her father were crossing a lake in their native Switzerland. Something happened. The boat overturned. Her father fell out. She survived. He died. And that's when things went backwards in her life. And when things went backwards in her life, she as a person of faith affirmed her faith in God. In the beautiful words of this hymn, originally in a different language, but translated beautifully and into a wonderful hymn. Now here's the point. Not only in Berg's life, but also in our lives, we're going to have the day when things go wrong. Our lives take a turn backwards. The sad day comes. Maybe someone lives a life where all goes well and sad times, really sad times don't happen, but not many. So we're going along day by day and something happens that we in our lives go backwards. When things go backwards, it's very, very important that we don't do something. And I want to dwell on that a minute, and I'll even tell you why. When I was a student being examined for ministry many years ago, the examiner asked me to give a doctrine I found precious. And I answered by saying, God's providence. And I meant that. But by the same token, the doctrine of God's providence that I found precious, I also found challenging. And maybe that's why I focused on the doctrine as as a preferred doctrine back then. And for all of those years since, it's been nearly 50 now, the doctrine of God's providence, when things go backwards, is a challenge because when things go backwards in our lives, the first thing we have to deal with is the devil, a person that the Puritans called the old deluder. And the devil wants to bring us down. 
And that's what we must say no to with all of our power. Jesus had the same kind of backwards days and the same devil with the same kind of temptations to go downwards. For example, after his baptism and the voice from heaven, he was in the wilderness. And the devil came to him in hunger and in thirst and in heat and I'm sure in suffering and tempted him in that backwards movement in the desert to also go downward. Now you and I, I think, know the story, Matthew 4 and other Gospels. There were three temptations. And to all three of them, Jesus answered the devil by saying, it is written. That is, God says. And in the last temptation, where the temptation was actually to worship the devil, which was the intent of the devil all along, Jesus said, we must worship God and him only. Now what that means in terms of providence we're talking about today is that when your life goes backwards, and if the devil comes to you, and I, I'm sure he will, when the devil comes with his temptations, you say, it is written. And of course you need to know what God wrote to be able to say that. But God is more powerful than that devil. See? Now be alert to this. Because I fear sometimes we're not attentive enough to the devil. As you know, we can be over attentive to the devil. There's not a devil behind every bush. But I fear the greater temptation in our materialistic age is to ignore the devil. So, if you need to, you say, in mind or even in words, it is written. And here's another thing from Jesus' life. When he was talking at Caesarea Philippi, you know about he had to go to Jerusalem, Peter said, oh, no, no, Jesus. Not, you, you're not going to go there and, and die. Surely not. And Jesus at that point, do you remember what he said? Get behind me, Satan. Very important that you address the devil as needed with the one who's more powerful, God, and what God said. And also that you say, and it's the equivalent of a command from God, not just a prayer, but a command from God, get behind me, Satan, depart from me. Very, very important. Or you're going to fail and fail to be faithful to the doctrine of God's providence. Now, next, before getting on to look up to God here, you also need, and I need, the right attitude. Linda sent me something this week. She read an email. It was good, so listen to it. At least if I can find it here. Yeah, a minister author wrote and he wrote something like this oh dear what did I do lose it Let's see once more if I can find it here it is um, last year my gallbladder was removed I was stuck in bed due to this surgery for a long time the same year I reached age 60 and had to give up my favorite job 
I spent 30 years of my life with this publishing company. The same year I experienced the death of my father. The same year my son failed his medical exam because he had a car accident. He had to stay in the hospital with a cast on his leg for several days and the destruction of the car was a second loss. Alas, a bad year. Well, his wife entered the room and found her husband looking dejected and she read what he wrote and she left the room and came back with another writing. Here it is. Last year I finally got rid of my gallbladder which had given me many years of pain. I turned 60 with sound health and retired from my job. Now I can utilize my time to write better and with more focus and peace. That same year, my father, age 95, without depending on anyone and without any critical conditions, had the privilege of meeting his creator. That same year, God blessed my son with life. My car was destroyed, but my son was alive and without permanent disability. This year was an immense blessing, and it passed well. <laughs> now, I include that in the sermon because your attitude means an awfully lot, all right? We're talking about God's providence, and if you're going to appreciate it, attitude counts. So here's where we are. In the day when things go backwards, you must resist the devil. In fact, that's language from 1 Peter. Resist him, and he will flee from you. You must say, thus saith the Lord, get behind me, Satan. Do not succumb to the devil. And then there's you. Do not succumb to a negative attitude. You notice the difference between the way you can look at the same events. Need a positive attitude in light of where we're going, God's providence. And then you're ready to, and that's the second thing here, look up to God. That's very, very important in our lives. We look up to God in the belief that God has something good, even in our bad. Now at this point, let me bring in Joseph here, because I don't know of a clearer illustration in the whole Bible. Joseph had his day of going backwards at about age 15. I mean, he had his flaws, but so do you and so do I. He was a braggart. and probably more flaws, and his brothers hated him for it. But he went to check on them. You know the story. We don't have time to repeat it in detail. They wanted to kill him, or at least most did. Oldest brother Reuben wasn't on the page of doing a murder. So they put him in a pit, sold him as a slave, figured he'd be a slave for the rest of his life, and so he was going to stay downward. And then they were going to lie to Father Jacob on top of it. And that's what happened. And that was when Joseph was, we guess, about 15. And then year after year, it was one tribulation and trial after another. Potiphar's house, he was lied about by a vicious woman. Potiphar believed his wife. In jail, they could have died every day. Met a butler and baker. God revealed dreams that Joseph could tell. The one guy, the butler, 
was released, promised he'd tell Pharaoh about Joseph because he was Pharaoh's butler. He didn't. When two full years had passed, the Bible tells us, finally, when Pharaoh had need, Pharaoh remembered, or the butler told Pharaoh, and Pharaoh brought Joseph up. And Joseph told the dreams. And then we read, after Pharaoh rewarded Joseph by making him second in uh, the hierarchy of Egypt, we read, at age 30, Joseph became Pharaoh's right-hand man in charge of the program. And then there were seven more years of saving all the food they could, and then the seven years of famine. By then, Joseph was 44. Wow, 15 to 44, that's a long time to maintain your trust in God. But that's what you have to do, because God is the God of all providence. So you look up to God. Now, the next thing is that you look up to the God who is the God of all providence. God is on the throne, God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing and knows your problems. And so therefore your God is able to provide, knows your need, and is ever with you. See, that's what the doctrine of providence calls you to do. You look up to that God, and then that God of yours, down times up to God, is going to, through your problems, move you forward in one way or another, probably a way that you can't think or imagine. Now, here's how it happened in the life of Corey Tenboom and her sister. Some of you have heard this story because you read her book, The Hiding Place. Be reminded of it then. Corey and her sister were in a German concentration camp with German guards. And someone smuggled in a Bible, which they were looking to, so they could say, thus saith the Lord in their downtime. Bible was smuggled in. They had their private area and their Bible studies, and the German guards never bothered them once. Why? Because there were fleas in that prison, <laughs> and fleas aren't pleasant. And the German guards didn't want to get fleas. And so therefore they stayed out of the private area of these women who had the fleas and didn't bother them one tiny bit. Now God was leading them forward in spite of their backwards conditions. And I could give you many stories from the lives of God's people who have said similar things to me about their lives. What I want you to get in the time we have this morning is this. The backwards day will come. Say no to Satan. Don't succumb. Yes to a good attitude. Look up to your God and anticipate that God will bring you forward. And maybe in ways that you don't begin to think or understand. That's trust in God's providence. Now, next point. Not only will God bring us forward, God will bring us further forward. That's also part of his providence. 
It's like one step back and you look up, one step forward, two steps forward. And you may depend on that. Listen to the words of the depressive hymn writer who wrote a beautiful hymn one time at a good point in his life. God moves in a mysterious way. These words. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessing on your head. Now there's a definition of providence for you. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. What tremendous words. You know, there's another story I've never forgot that I think will help us here. Lord Wellington, leading the British in the Battle of Waterloo and a day before they had online messages and stuff. England, many, all of England, we're told, were waiting for an, uh, a report of the battle. And the report finally came couple days later through a courier and was put on a sign in London and the words on the sign were Wellington defeated and then a cloud covered the sign and there was much grief and sorrow in Britain because the English had lost to the French in the all-important Battle of Waterloo with Napoleon and the French forces. The people had hearts filled with gloom. But then the clouds lifted and the rest of the message came through. Wellington defeated the enemy. And that's a picture of our lives, folks. The clouds come. But the clouds aren't the final answer because God is greater than clouds and greater than any bad news those clouds might be covering up. And when all is said and done, God will move us further forward. Wow. Backwards, good attitude, upwards, forwards through the fleas, and further forward. That's the doctrine of God's providence. Now, based on that doctrine, the catechism calls us to certain responses. And I'll grant these aren't always easy. They have not been easy in my life. Really holding a challenge before you today. But I believe it's the word of God, and the catechism believes it's the word of God. And here's what we're called to be and do. Question 28. 
How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? Answer, we can be patient. That's the first thing, patience. We need patience because especially when we're here, we don't see forward and further forward often. Patience, when things go against us, thankful when things go well. You want another challenge? That word thankful. Have you noticed and thanked God for all that has gone well in your lives this past week? Here you're thinking, you're hearing the word of the Lord, you're beginning the week worshiping God, you have jobs for the most part, opportunities to reach your community through Bible school. And I could get very long-winded by going on with a list of things to be thankful for. Notice them, don't take them for granted. So that's number two, thankful when things go well. And for the future, we can have good confidence. Two, three years ago, I preached on providence to you, a whole different thing than this one. And said then, and I still believe it, the words good confidence. I like Charles Dickens' great expectations. He entitled the novel that way. So here's three things now so far. Be patient when things go wrong. Thankful when things go well. Have great expectations that our faithful God and Father, nothing will separate us from his love. All creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will, they can neither move nor be moved. The God of all providence will provide for you and me to trust him. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, we're not Josephs like the Joseph of the Bible, who probably could go from age 15 to 40 with an attitude like that the sermon today discussed well beyond 40 but we can learn from his example which in turn draws us to look up to you thank you for your providence also for the part of it we didn't discuss today how your greatest providence of all is through Jesus Christ the providence that we can live with and oh God some of us struggle maybe more than others, but struggle to, to have proper attitudes and trust in you. Give us a little extra grace if we struggle a little more with this doctrine of providence. And may we all go forward this week patient when needed, thankful regularly and always, and with great expectations in you. Amen.